Good evening. Today is November 7th, 2023, and we're studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is the stories, the forewords, and the prefaces. And our speaker tonight is Megan. Thank you, Megan. Hi, thank you. Um, my name is Megan. I am a compulsive overeater, gratefully recovered for today through the power and grace of a loving God that I found through Overeaters Anonymous. That's a big mouthful. Um, I am calling from, I'm doing this from my car. I live in a busy, busy household and who knows what would happen if I tried to do this from home. So I found that the best way for me to connect with my fellows is in my car. And um, I'm grateful to be here. So um, I chose a book, excuse me, I chose a story in the back of the book. Um, it's probably the last one. It's in the fourth edition. It starts on page 553. And it's called AA Taught Him to Handle Sobriety. Um, I'm just going to read parts of it and then identify in with it. So um, the alcoholic um, talks about um, that when he had progressed to full-blown alcoholism, people told him that he should quit. Like most other alcoholics he had known, he did quit drinking at various times, once for 10 months on his own and during other interludes when he was hospitalized. It's no great trick to stop drinking. The trick was to stay stopped. To do that, I had to come to AA to learn how to handle sobriety, which is what I could not handle in the first place. And that's why I drank. And when I was reading that, it made me think about, um, I don't know why, you know, I'm an alcohol. I mean, why I'm a, why I'm an addict. I just am, you know? Um, but I do believe that, you know, I grew up in a household that was, um, uh, you know, full of alcoholism and depression and, um, mental illness and abuse and neglect. And probably I felt a, a sense of ease and comfort from when I was eating. Um, and um, I, you know, I ate, I was a compulsive overeater um, when I was a little kid. It was the first thing I ever um, lied about. It was the first thing I ever stole, you know, and um, I was absolutely obsessed with um, food from a very, very young age. Um, later on, um, he talks about by 20, I was having trouble coping with life. So um, real quick, I decided that because my, you know, I have so many different addictions, but food is my original addiction. It goes back for so long. I was like, I can only try to identify in like at like the end of my, you know, the end of it. So I don't get caught up in like the whole lifetime of it. Um, he talks about by the time I was 29, I was having trouble coping with life because of my drinking. Neurotic fears plagued me. I had occasional uncontrollable tremors. I read self-help books. I turned to religion with fervor. I swore off hard liquor and turned to wine. I got sick of the sweetness and turned to a different type that wasn't strong enough. So I would add other types and was right back to worse trouble than before. I began sneaking drinks when playing bartender um, for guests. And to cure my dreadful hangovers, I discovered the morning drink. And I was just thinking about, you know, the absolute insanity that was happening around the food for me. And, um, you know, I remember laying in bed, being a little girl and thinking, I wish I could go to one of those pain ways, you know. Um, later on in life, I would, um, I would look at what anybody else was doing, right, to be losing weight. And um, I would do any diet, 
you know, and when the author of this is talking about all the different types of things that they were trying, I was like, you know, I just, I did the pain ways. I did the, the high fat, the no fat, the high protein, the no protein, you know what I'm saying? Just all these different kinds of tricks and things to try to control, um, what I was um, consuming and tried to make it so that I wasn't like obsessed and wasn't run and ruled by um, what was happening to my body and inside of my mind. Um, the author talks about um, that his values became distorted. Bewilderment, fear, resentment moved into my light. And yet my ability to lie outward, my ability to lie outwardly and to kid myself inwardly grew with every drink I took. Indeed, I had to drink now to live, to cope with the demands of everyday existence. When I encountered disappointments or frustrations, as I did more and more frequently, my solution was to drink. I had always been oversensitive to criticism and was acutely so now. When I was criticized or reprimanded, the bottle was my refuge and comfort. So I was thinking... Like I said, I've had this addiction forever, but it really took off when I got clean and sober. And I um, was working a 12-step program in a different, you know, 12-step program in AA. But I was eating like a, a crazy woman. And um, it was such a hard, hard time for me. And when they tell me, he talks about the bewilderment, fear, and resentment, um, it was such a hard time for me because I learned about, you know, the principles. And I learned about spirituality and I was learning about how to completely turn my life around. And outwardly, my life did look different. You know, I was off of drugs. I was off of alcohol and I wasn't, you know, going to jail. I was like, I, was, I wasn't doing all the things I'd done before, but I was consumed by food, obsessed with food. And also I was living a life that was a complete lie. I was lying, stealing, cheating. I was in a marriage I couldn't stand. I was having an affair. I was, I was stealing from AA. Um, and I was like, I thought I was the worst person in the world. And today I can understand I'm suffering, you know, from this disease and just, I always thought, Oh, food couldn't be that bad. But when I'm in the food, it's, it's insane. You know, the author talks about I was suffering inner pain because my performance, my accomplishments in life failed to live up to my own expectations of myself. I had to anesthetize that pain with alcohol. Of course, the more I drank, the more unrealistic my expectations became and the poorer my performance and the gap widened. So the need to drink grew ever more. And that was just what was happening for me. You know, I remember stepping on the scale and it would say 250 pounds. Well, first it would say 200 pounds. And I think, okay, I won't let myself get over to two, 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 two. Anyway, by the time it got to 250, I was like, I'm just not going to look at the scale, the scale anymore. I'm just not going to look at the scale anymore. Um, and um, I would think like, um, I ha I have to stop eating. I have to stop eating. But it was like, the the insanity and the pain of like my body and the pain of like what was going on I the way I could deal with it was by eating you know it was just insane um sorry he talks about my employer gave me one warning then another my children avoided me 
And, you know, I was working in a job that I wasn't happy in, but I, I had an incident where I told, I mean, I can't say what I said to my employer, but it wasn't okay. You know, um, and my children, I was working so hard on trying to have a relationship with my children. And, um, because I was so, um, because I was so deep into my addiction, um, I wasn't able to show up for work. I wasn't able to show up for my relationships and I really beat myself up about it because, um, I thought, you know, um, I'm clean and sober and I'm supposed to be able to do all these things. And I literally could not look at another person and like, be like on like a level with them. I either had to be bigger or smaller. I could not just be a human being with my fellows, you know? And so that, you know, when this alcoholics talking about, you know, the, um, depths of despair of, um, of his alcoholism, um, it, I, I can relate, you know, um, I will say that, um, for me kind of the last, you know, what had happened was, um, I was speaking for, I was speaking for AA and, um, I went to a hotel and I was right across from, um, a vending machine and I bought a ton of, you know, different things to eat. And I was, um, making myself throw up and my knuckles were bleeding. And I was thinking, this can't be sobriety. This can't, this can't be what this is about. You know, um, the, um, so this person talks about how, um, they were saved through a person, um, letting them know to try AA. Right. And I had a woman come into my work. She was thin and, um, she brought up, you know, the fact that she had been like obese before and she was 12 stepping me and she, and she was like one part of a 12 step program. And, um, I had tried OA before, but I had never heard of like recovery in OA. And she gave me the number to, um, vision for you. And, um, I went to that and I was like, Whoa, this is way different. Like they're really doing something here. People were happy, joyous and free, but it still, it wasn't the answer for me at that time, you know? And then I saw somebody that I knew and respected and loved. And she started actually working a food program and she actually started working, you know, in OA. And I saw that she had a physical transformation, but she also had this like emotional transformation I was driving with my, one of my sisters one day and she's, uh, you know, she was an active addict and I was trying to, um, talk her into going, you know, into the 12 steps. I was like, you know what? I've never seen them not work for anybody. Just try it. You know, it will work for you. And I had this, uh, this voice tell me like, if you believe so much that the 12 steps would help her with her addiction, why won't you try it with food? And so, um, I, um, you know, I, got a sponsor. Well, I got a food plan. I got a sponsor and I started working the steps and still, you know, in the first year of my recovery, I was still being dishonest and I was still, I wasn't having the results that I was looking for. I had some weight loss, but I was still a crazy woman because I had not, um, decided yet to actually live, um, the life that AA was offering me. You know, I just wanted to pick and choose little parts of it for me. So, um, the author talks about um, how he comes into AA and he acquired a sponsor and began 10 meetings, uh, but continued to drink. And so for me, that was, that was what was happening in the beginning, you know? Um, but he says, um, while there, I read the big book and, um, and um, started working some steps and then began the slow road back to health and sanity through the recovery program. So I had my first relapse, thank God. And I got, um, I got, um, you know, put in with a sponsor who let me know, like, you can't be doing things that you're doing. If you're being dishonest, you're um, 
putting like a keep out God sign on your heart, you know? And, um, she, um, gave me a program of action. Um, she gave me a daily, um, path to freedom and it was all the stuff that I had to, um, follow. And I had, um, I really did. I had like a, a whole new, um, what's it called? Like this whole, um, spiritual experience. I was like, Oh my God, like reborn, everything was different, but I didn't, um, do the things that was suggested of me to do. I wouldn't sponsor anybody. Um, I, um, got a boyfriend. I put him before everything I had a, you know, I had a resentment and I didn't, um, work on it. And I ended up relapsing and, um, that relapse, um, came in the form of salads. And I think it's really important, you know, for me to explain that, um, like I ate a hundred dollars worth of these salads in a week. Right. But it didn't matter like what the food was, what had happened was that I had gone from being so connected to a God um, that I, I just like had no doubt was going to carry me through everything. And I got completely disconnected and um, it was a terrible, terrible feeling. And there were things that were happening in that time that felt like they were out of my control, which, you know, I had no control over them, but I didn't lean into my program. I didn't lean into God. I was just like really suffering through that. Um, I got um, directed to another sponsor who um, took me through the steps in a way that I had never um, seen them before. So the um, author talks about, um, for example, we are told in AA that we cannot afford resentments and self-pity, so we learn to avoid these festering mental attitudes. Similar, similarly, we rid ourselves of guilt and remorse as we clean out the garbage from our minds through the fourth and fifth steps of our recovery program. We learn how to level out the emotional swings that got us into trouble, um, both when we were up and when we were and we, when we were down. And this sponsor that I worked with. Um, um, help me to get a relationship back with my higher power. And um, I really just did not believe. And I was like, I, I just don't see, like, I was just really lost and really like hurt and really didn't think it was going to work for me, you know? And um, this woman had um, good information and patience and love, but um, she was just like, really kept it real with me and let me know, like, basically that I would get out of this, what I was willing to put into it you know, and, um, directed me to, um, examples of, um, people and of, um, podcasts and things that would, um, you know, lead me to be able to see how this was working for other people. And it helped me to start rebuilding my relationship with my higher power. Um, they're also talking about the fourth and fifth steps, you know, the sponsor, um, let me know the importance of, all of the step work, but really like when it came to the ninth step, um, I had ninth step amends that I had held on to through my entire recovery program, you know, and this last time I was able to, uh, make all the amends that I could do safely. And some of them turned out wonderfully okay. and thank you. Some of them, um, turned out horribly and, um, I was like really not happy with the results of it, but I was thinking today, like, you know, what? I've stayed abstinent through all of this crazy stuff, you know what I'm saying? And, um, even, um, and, you know, and I'm, and I was told like, do, do the work, right. Like clean out the channels, clean out the past. And, um, I would have the opportunity to live a life, 
um, that was different than one I had imagined. So um, they talk about as the sober days grew into sober months and then sober years, a new and beautiful life began to emerge from shambles of a former existence. And above all, let me see. Um, right. And so then at the very end of this, um, he talks about, for at last I was at peace with myself and with others and with God. So um, all I think I want to say right now is that um, this, um, well, I'll just be really current. This last week has been something else. And um, there's been things that have happened to people that I love. And there, um, I got some news I wasn't very excited about. And um, I was thinking because I've been given the... Um, the um, spiritual principles because I've been given the 10th step, right? Because I've been given sponsors, because I've been given the belief and like the instruction, the prayer and meditation works. I have not had to eat over anything. You know, I have been able to like experience these experiences and stay abstinent, but I've also been able to experience these experiences and stay kind, right? And so like today I had the experience of not being very happy with somebody because they're not doing what I want them to do. But instead of taking it out on them, I like did a 10th step. I prayed, I meditated, and I spent a lot of time like being like affectionate and loving and helpful towards this person. And inside that's not how I felt, but they don't know that. Right. I don't have to go home tonight and go, you know, what? I'm really sorry. I apologize. I just get to go home tonight and be like, hey, you know, how's it going? So I'm going to close with that. But the last thing I want to say is this, is that I've really like haven't emerged, like, in, like gotten super into meetings and stuff for whatever reasons. Right. And I was nervous about tonight a little bit, but um, I had this experience. I was like, man, I'm so excited that I get to go be with people like me. You know what I'm saying? I suspect I might be with people like me at my house, but they don't know that they're like me. So I am really happy that I'm with people like me tonight. And um, I'm just grateful for this opportunity. And I thank you. Thank you, Megan. That was a really powerful share. Thank you for, for gracing us with your story. Thank you. We will now open the meeting for questions or three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We asked you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. And I will call the raised hands in the order that I see them and you'll be asked to unmute. And our timekeeper is Catherine and she will set a timer for three minutes. Okay, and uh, oh my goodness, we've got Meredith. Go ahead, Meredith. Hey everybody, um, I'm Meredith B in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, recovered and recovering and so happy to be here and oh, see you Megan and hear your story in a in a, like another way um you glow I don't it's I was sitting here thinking knowing a little bit about you that it is 
how did I, it's confusing to me when I had to write it down. Okay. It's hard to believe that you're sitting here telling your story like you are. It's like hard to believe where you've come from and like what's in front of me today. It just blows my mind. But it, it also, that also makes it easy to forget. Does that make any sense? I don't know. Like you're just, um, I just, I feel like such humility and like wonder and open-mindedness and um, I like this childlike faith, like all these beautiful things from you. Um, You're definitely a walking miracle. Um, And what you said, okay, oh gosh, this, I couldn't be on the same level as anybody. I either had to be above them or below them. Oh my gosh. Yes. I I mean, wow. I can just so identify with that. I was either just a piece of shit or, you know, putting my boot on someone's neck, you know, just like making them know that I was the, you know, whatever. Um, it's so nice to not live that way anymore. What a, uh, what, it's just such a burden to schlep around. It, it doesn't, um, it's like a big, heavy mask, you know, big, uh, facade. Um, and then I'm glad you talked about getting disconnected. I I've been thinking about that lately, how, um, it, it goes both ways. Like if I feel a little disconnection from God, maybe the fellowship kind of draws me back in. And, um, and then maybe when I feel stronger with God, I can like, you know, help somebody else in the fellowship. I just love how it all plays together, but I feel so held all the time one way or the other. Um, but it didn't just happen either. And um, I'm just so grateful that I had the um, encouragement to keep going, keep doing the work and staying in it. So thank you, Megan. Love you. Love you all. Thank you, Meredith. Dana. Hi, I'm Dana, a recovering compulsive overeater. Um, Megan, um, that was a really powerful share and, um, so, um, rich and it just felt like you gave us a lot of who you were. And I really, it, it, you know, was, it had a big effect. Um, and especially when you were talking about dishonesty, blocking your connection to God, I think that's a really, um, important kind of idea to hold um in terms of kind of discerning for yourself when when that's happening um so thank you for that and um yeah i just really appreciated your um willingness to lay it out there like you did it was really impressive and um it made me feel very comfortable about you know it you set a very good example so thank you so much for your share i'll pass Thank you, Dana. 
Mandy? Hi. Um, sorry, give me one second. I'm still new to, to doing Zoom meetings. So I'm just trying to uh, figure out how to... Oh, there I am. Uh, wait, nope, I'm not there. Nope, you were there. I was there for a minute. <laughs> okay. There you are. Sorry about that. Um, I'm still kind of new to Zoom meetings. I usually only do phones. This is only my second time on a Zoom meeting. So trying to figure it out. But I really related to what Megan shared. Um, I'm newly getting abstinent. Um, I've only been... Um, I've been in OA for a long time, um, but I've only really committed to abstinence, like maybe I think I'm on day 10 of being abstinent, which um, is good. The longest I've ever gotten is like four months. And um, I would like when people talk about getting a year, that just seems so mind blowing to me. I can't imagine ever having a year, but I only have today. So I'll just figure it out as I go. And I'm, you know, working my steps with my vision for you sponsor and um, you know, I'm about to start step four again. And I just, um, I feel like I just, I related a lot to what Megan talked about is how, you know, she was sober, but she was still like crazy, <laughs> you know, she's doing all these things that were just crazy. And that was how I, I was, you know, I, I, I'm very, I'm a very, I come off. I, I mean, I am a very kind person and, you know, empathetic, but in my head, I'm really not that nice. And, um, I think a lot of that comes from the resentments I have towards people, wanting to be the way I want them to be. And then when they're not, I get very obsessive and angry about it. And um, then when that doesn't work, I binge <laughs> um, because food was the one thing I always had control over. Um, and in the last 10 days, I've had, you know, Halloween, I've had a mom that I have in a nursing home. And I also am recovering from food poisoning. I'm drinking bone broth right now. And I haven't binged through any of it. And I don't think that was me. I didn't suddenly just wake up and was like, oh, I have willpower now. I think that just comes from me working my steps with my sponsor and getting on a meeting every day and making outreach calls and basically not doing the bare minimum, which is what I was doing before. You know, I was I was in it, but I wasn't in it, if that makes sense. And um, it just... I feel like this disease is so progressive that it just, I just didn't, I just really don't want to die. You know, it's not even about my weight. Um, you know, I just, I just want that peace that I I've seen people on these meetings having, you know, my friend was in um, the meeting I'm in, you know, um, the full meetings I'm on now and she's just such a different person now. And I don't mean physically, I mean, mentally, she's just such a different person now. And I, I want that. I want to be a different person. I want to be a less anxious, obsessive, <laughs> compulsive person when it comes to trying to control everything and everyone in my and to have another day of abstinence. So um, with that, I'll pass. I can leave my phone number in the um, the chat thing. Thank you. Thank you, Mandy. Claudine? Hi, that was a challenge. Um, I'm Claudine, recovered compulsive overeater. Megan, I, I love, um, your share. I love how vulnerable you are when you share, you just lay it all out. Um, no shame. This is my story. This is what God did. And you consistently make it about God. And I just, 
I don't, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but the way you share your story is so clear and so succinct that it always, I don't, I don't know what I'm even saying, but it gives me so much hope because over the last, um, over the amount of time that I have known you and things have not been easy. Life has been super chaotic and all those things. But when I talk to you, you never, it never fails. You encourage me every time and lead me back to God. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, When you were reading a few things hit me when you were reading um, his values became distorted. And I thought about, I thought, okay, what were my values in the thick of my disease? And I, I couldn't even say, I didn't have any, I didn't have any. The only thing I valued was food. That is it. I mean, food came over my daughter, came over everything. And so that was a really good reminder. And then, you know, just when you said your food addiction took off, when you, when you stopped, when you got sober and those things, I mean, that's exactly, it was always down there. And I love what you said, my virginal addiction, because that really is what it, what it is for me as well. And it just, boy, it was right there waiting. It was just laying in wait until I put down one thing and, and then here it is. And I thought I I had control over it and I certainly didn't. Um, and then also what others have echoed, just, I either had to be bigger or smaller. I couldn't be on the same level. I, you know, I, that is a resounding yes for me, but I also realized that that's what my tenths are about almost every single time. That's what all my resentments are is I'm either making myself bigger than someone less than someone. And, and it gets me in trouble every time I've either got to elevate or degrade myself. There's no middle ground until I take it back to God. And, and that's the 10th step is the great equalizer. We're, we're all, we're all the same in that way. We're just fighting to be independent and not need God and, you know, make ourselves look better or worse than somebody in any given circumstance. And it's just craziness. And I, I think, how did I get through a work day before I could do a 10th and really look at myself? And the answer is I didn't, (laughs) I didn't have a job anymore, (laughs) got myself right out of that job. But anyway, the other thing I just want to mention is when you said you're not only able to stay abstinent, you're able to stay kind. What a miracle. I can hardly be kind at all. But I mean, it's just miraculous that you that you can say that. That's such a God-given gift. So thank you for your share. I loved it. Thank you, Claudine. Veronica? Hi, I'm Veronica, recovered compulsive overeater and a bulimic. And I want to thank Megan so much. What a beautiful share. What a beautiful demonstration. You're a demonstration of how um, working these steps, God transformed you. And for me, you know, the hook for me that got me into Overeaters Anonymous was a woman in my AA program that lost a lot of weight and she was happy. That was my hook. Like I was intrigued because I was eating for uh, and throwing up 15 years. And I was, I was in bondage, 
you know, sober in the rooms of AA, um, binging and purging. No, you know, talk about insanity until I came to you guys. And, um, you know, my recovery, I, I came in 09, but my recovery didn't really change. Um, I didn't get food neutrality uh, until 2019 when I discovered Vision for You. And, um, you know, we worked through the steps out of the big book, which I never did in my OA, uh, for OA. And um, I don't know. And she had me commit my food to her and weigh and measure. I was never willing to do the weighing and measuring. I was never um, willing to commit my food um, because it all had to happen at the same time because I was in OA and I was still eating Cheetos and Reese's Pieces Buttercups sugar-free. There's someone in here that helped me. I would tell her, I can't stop eating Cheetos. I was sponsoring women in OA. I forgot what she would say. No orange fingers or I don't know, I forget. But anyways, I don't eat Cheetos today. I don't even crave them. I don't even want them if I could eat them. Anyways, that's besides the point. The point is like, okay, but but the most important thing is like you were kind, even though, um, you know, like we, we get to meet, um, you know, that saying, serenity with calamity and life is really hard however you know these steps help me change the way i think and my behavior and changing my thinking i change my behavior it's just not the food you know the food gets arrested by the food plan but i have to change my thinking and my behavior or else i'm going to relapse because my thinking is going to lead me to the food and if i don't change um you know my selfishness my dishonesty uh, my ego, if I, if I don't change that, you know, then I'm not, I'm going to relapse. I'm going to relapse. So not only do I have to, you know, have a food plan, I have to have a behavior plan. And I have to really accept in my most self that I am a compulsive eater and I can only eat a certain way. And I have certain allergic ingredients. Um, and then I need to, you know, also be kind when I don't want to be kind or uh, compare and despair, you know, all that. But today, God, God is my, um, my everything, you know, he's, he's first and then everything else falls around, you know, around him. So thanks so much for letting me share. Thank you, Veronica. So let's go ahead and, um, stop the recording now.